Hello, friends. How does a studying epidemiologist end up teaching international business at Cedarville University? For Dan Sturkenberg, God mapped out an entirely different course than what he had planned. Listen as Dan shares his story on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Thank you, Sarah. Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Weinstein. Welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. Today on the program, I'm talking with Dr. Dan Sturkenberg, Associate Professor of Business about various topics, including his earlier years when he lived in Brazil. I want to talk to Dan also about his successful career in the business sector and his tenure as a professor of business at Cedarville University. There's much we can talk about on today's program. But I also have two students from Brazil joining us on the program, including Elisa, a sophomore majoring in global business, and Victor, a senior who is also studying global business. Dr. Sturkenberg joined Cedarville's faculty in 2010 following a 25-year career in business. He worked for the Reynolds & Reynolds Company as a financial analyst, finance director, and eventually as a senior director. As senior director, he was responsible for the financial and administrative team for Europe and later in Asia. Prior to joining the Cedarville faculty full-time, he taught high school science and math for six years and was an adjunct professor at Cedarville University. Dr. Sturkenberg earned his doctoral degree in business administration from Anderson University. He also has an MBA from Wright State University and a Master of Public Health from the University of Michigan. Please welcome to the podcast Dr. Dan Sturkenberg, Victor, and Eliza. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Sturkenberg, as I outlined some of your academic credentials and knowing you are respected in the global business sector throughout the world, um, I also know that you went to the University of Michigan to pursue a degree in epidemiology. Uh, that's really intriguing. What drew you toward a career in that area of healthcare? Okay, well, that starts basically when I was back in Brazil, okay. and I had visited the Amazon and had flown with a missionary and had seen how they had medical missions on the Amazon and had an aspiration in high school to be a doctor and a pilot and fly on the Amazon. And uh, so some of that was that I needed to go to um, a Bachelor of Science in, in pre-med, so I did pre-med. And then at that time, I will just admit that I was not very mature. So I was busy chasing soccer balls at college. I was basi basically chasing my now wife. Yep. And so I was sidetracked in doing all those things. Uh, at that time, Pac-Man came out and, and Atari, wow. and so I started to play video games, uh, and, and basically I just didn't, I wasn't diligent. But then there was another way you could get into med school, which was to get on and get a public health degree. Okay. So that's uh, why I headed to a public health degree, thinking, okay, then I, I could maybe apply to med school and, and do a little bit better. In the end, uh, that is not where God led me. But that is where, where I was eventually trying to get, back okay. to the mission field. So you never did serve as an epidemiologist? I did not. Uh, the one only time I used my degree was back at PACA, Pan American Christian Academy in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, when I was a teacher there, following the, the, the schooling I had. And they had an outbreak of food poisoning. And so I did a little survey, and we figured out it was the lasagna. Oh, really? <laughs> so <laughs> that's about the only time I ever used my degree. Okay. So before we move off the the area of your degree at Michigan and your education there, um, was it at the University of Michigan when you were pursuing this master's degree that you became a fan of Michigan's athletic teams? 
That would be true. I, I didn't know anything about football. I only knew soccer. Yeah, tell or, that story. <laughs> tell that story, Dan, about you're uh, watching a football game. My wife, her her father took me under his wing and started to introduce to me football. I had no idea what it was all about, and it looked crazy to me. It just, like everybody lined up. After having a little chat in a group, they would line up, bash their heads, come back, and line up again after another little discussion. So they kept having discussions, and then they would just try to push around and push people around, and, and, and suddenly they did the right thing, and they kicked the ball. That's, that's the way it should have been. Because that's uh, Brazilian that, football. Uh, exactly. And then it was confusing to me because it's not a ball. It's some sort of oblong thing, right? So right. It's not a sphere. So that was very confusing, and everything about it was rather interesting. But University of Michigan taught me. I started to attend those games, and my goodness, they packed that that big house with so many people, and so you had to go join, and, and that's where I kind of learned a little bit more about American football, and that's why I became a fan yeah. of University of Michigan. Go Blue. So, go Blue. And so <laughs> as um, I think about your story, you went to Michigan, you now live in Ohio. Um, is it difficult for you to live in the Buckeye State being a Michigan fan, or are you just really quiet about it so you don't aggravate those Buckeye fans? Well, there's nothing to aggravate in, in some of the years, let's be honest, Mark. So, uh, yes, last year was a great year for Michigan, and they don't want to talk uh, about that year, none of, none of my Ohio State fans. But, uh, yeah, I do have my Michigan banners inside of my office, not outside, although I do have a little M emblem on my you, window. You do. But, uh, yeah, well, there, there are a few of us around, and we're fierce and strong, uh, but we are isolated <laughs> in this hostile environment. It is a hostile environment, <laughs> but... Um, after last year, there's always hope for future success. So, Dan, uh, you apparently had a very successful career in global business before you started another career in higher education. What prompted you to make the switch from global business in corporate America to go into the classroom and teach college students about business? Well, that is an interesting story. I'll try to keep it short, but it, I remember when I uh, went back to Brazil to be a short-term missionary and became a teacher of biology and chemistry and things like that, that after that three years and then coming here to Dayton Christian to teach three years at Dayton Christian's science and math program, I left there and said, never again, never will I teach again. <laughs> I, that was it. I was done with teaching <laughs> and uh, went into the business career and loved it. And then uh, started to get burned out on corporate America and corporate business and all that goes on with that. The politics of it sometimes yeah. they're wearing. To be a Christian is hard, often in a, in a business setting. Uh, so some of that was my own burnout, but also the opportunity came when my boss called me in one day and said, Dan, you don't seem to be enjoying working here so much. Uh, maybe it's time for you to move on to Cedarville because you've been teaching there as an adjunct and you seem to really light up when I talk about your adjunct teaching at Cedarville. Oh, wow. And so during that time, if you remember in 2008 and nine, we had the financial crisis going on. Mm -hmm. And so what a, what a God story this is. None of me, but all of God. Um, I lost in a sense my job in the sense that I, he said to me, you know, I'm going to give you a couple months to figure it out. And by December 31st, you need to have figured it out. So this was in October. It was the biggest shock of my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I prayed about it. And then I called Cedarville and said, hey, do you have an opening? They said, nope, we don't have any opening. Sorry. And then uh, about December 12th or something like that, I get a phone call. Hey, did you get a job yet? Because we suddenly have an opening to teach at Cedarville University. Somebody um, left 
Cedarville that was was the business professor that taught strategy, and really? we need a strategic uh, management professor. Would you be interested in coming? I said, absolutely. And uh, so no break in wages. I, I ended by the 31st with, with my company and then, and then started with Cedarville University in January 1st. So it was a no-brainer for you to come. Well, I've been adjunct teaching for two years. I mean, full-time. Oh, yeah. I, but adjunct teaching, so I really enjoyed it. And so then full-time, no-brainer in the sense of it, I really felt God was affirming that because I'd, I'd been praying about a change. I wanted a change. I wanted to get out of the corporate rat, rat race. Right. And I thought, what a way to minister uh, for God in the kingdom as the final years of my life and minister to students yeah. and, 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 and incorporate into them the things I've learned, both academically right. and spiritually. Yeah. And I assume your wife, Lynn, was right on board, and she could yeah. see that this was clearly a divine intervention and direction. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She was 100% behind this. Yeah. So as a result of your 25-year career in global business, I'm curious, what lessons did you learn that helps you teach business or global business here at Cedarville to your students? Well, of course, there are the academic things, the the sort of cultural adjustments one must make for every different culture. Yeah. I can still remember the difficult times that we would have in a, an all-day conference session with uh, country managers from France and Spain and Italy and the UK and it, it, Austria, and they they all have a little different way in how they want to go about discussing things. Yeah. And so I'm able to you know, sort of show the students, hey, this this is how culture sort of interacts then when you're trying to get a business deal done. And then uh, I also talk about all the potential faux pas that I've had, the the type times I've, I've tripped uh, and done wrong things culturally. Um, mm. We talk about the spiritual aspects, how, how often you're isolated and uh, you need you need to have mentors, you need to have uh, accountability partners, things like that to keep you on the, on the straight path. So all that I bring into the classroom, yeah. Um, but that's that's a real joy to be able to share those experiences. So as I said in the introduction, you know, joining Dr. Sturkenberg, I have Aliza and I have Victor, and it's time to bring them into the conversation, not just sit here and enjoy our conversation. But um, as we as we focus on you guys a little bit, Victor is about to graduate um, in December, and Aliza she has a couple more years here to study uh, under Dr. Sturkenberg and other great faculty. So let me let me ask you guys what what have been your highlights um, to your college experience to date? Um, and let's start with the senior in the room. Let's we'll start with Victor. Okay, so I think as a student athlete, uh, I have the opportunity to uh, have the best of both worlds. Even like uh, in academics and also athletics, and I had great great experiences on both sides. I think um, being part of a team, the soccer team, that uh, we have um, as a purpose to play for God, that has been amazing for me. Uh, the team is really great. Everyone on the team uh, loves each other, loves God, and that has been a really great experience for me in these four years. Uh, also academically, having great professors. I think um, classes just like uh, the ones that Sterk t uh, teaches. Uh, international business was a great class, one of my favorites. So yeah, getting to know people, uh, being able to play the sport that I love with uh, brothers in Christ has been a really awesome experience for me. So you, did you play four years or five years because of COVID? I actually played only four um, because I transferred here. Okay. So I played one year uh, on another college, and then I transferred here and played four years here. Okay. Yeah. 
Is it fair to say, I mean, because you alluded to Dr. Sturkenberg, you know, Sturk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is he one of your favorite professors? Yeah, for sure. For sure. He had a say. He had a <laughs> He's my favorite. He's my favorite. He had a choice here. <laughs> he had a say on the podcast, doesn't he? Well, let's, let's, let's go to Lisa. So how about you? What's been highlights for you during your first couple of years? Yeah, so it's been, it's interesting how fast time goes by. I feel like I arrived here yesterday, but... So many things, wonderful things have um, come my way since I arrived here. I think what really allows us to to have so many wonderful experiences on campus is just how intentional uh, faculty and staff is about uh, having us grow as students. Um, yeah. Faculty and staff is very accessible or all of the other offices. Right now I'm working at Career Services and it's just amazing how it's, it's sort of like a medium-sized university, but you still get so much contact with these people who have so much experience, so much more experience than you. And even if they're not exactly your major-related um, field of, of expertise, you can still sit down with them and, and have a conversation about their career paths and, and just sort of uh, pick their brains a little bit mm-hmm. on all of the experiences that they've had and how that can help you where you're going. Mm-hmm. Because you, you do find excellency in what we're given at Cedarville University. And that's incredibly um, impacted my career so far. So far, Not that I, I'm years ahead, but um, you, you definitely feel prepared from the get-go as soon as you arrive here, whether you're a freshman or you're graduating. Okay. So I want to talk about career goals in a minute. But I'm interested, Aliza, what's uh, your responsibilities in career services? Right now, I work at the front desk, and I'm a career services assistant, peer resume reviewer. Okay. So the semester, I just started going over resumes and helping students prepare for interviews, just make sure they're uh, selling themselves um, and and being prepared to speak to recruiters and just, um, yeah, get a, get a job, but start off their career as soon as they can. So let's stay down that path of getting a job and getting a, starting your career, because that's ultimately what you're kind of here for, is to get an education so that you can start a career. So you have two years to go. Have you started to think what you might want to do once you earn this degree from Cedarville University? Do you want to stay in the States? you want to go back to Brazil? What would you like to do? Yes. So I would love to stay on the accounting um, track. I actually took three gap years before I arrived at Cedarville University for a number of reasons, one of them being um, COVID, um, just how the, the sure. way things happen. And um, because I took three gap years, I got to work as a financial assistant to the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association in uh-huh. Brazil. They had a, a temporary project uh, happening in Rio de Janeiro. And as soon as I arrived, I had a conversation with uh, Professor Sturkenberg, who is my advisor, and I told him I came in as a global business uh, major, but after I talked to him, he, he, he looked at what I did and he said, it sounds like you're going down an accounting career path. And that was the moment where it shifted my career path. So okay. you can definitely tell the professors care about uh, what you're doing from the get-go. I also got to speak to Professor Rich and she gave me valuable insight into the accounting career path. And since then, I've had, right now, I work with a nonprofit organization um, as a part-time job, but then I also get to work with career services that also um, teaches me so many other things in terms of um, preparing for your career as soon as you arrive on campus. And so as a accounting major, so when you hear that the the CPA pass rate is so much higher than the national average, 
Does that give you confidence that uh, you're in a good place academically here at Cedarville? Absolutely. Um, just looking at the way the professors prepare us, not only academically um, or um, content-wise, they all, they're also constantly updating us on what's going on in the um, accounting business world. They're constantly looking for, uh, okay, what is it that the job market is looking for yeah. right now and what, what kind of abilities yeah. you need to have? So, yeah, if you talk to the professors, they, they're on top of it. Yeah. So let's kick the ball over to Victor for a moment. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, you're, you're days away from graduating, finishing your career here. You're going to finish in December. Um, how do you want to use, how do you hope to use your degree at, from Cedarville in the next chapter of life? All right. So my, my goal is to uh, finish school here and then go back to Brazil. Um, I think here in the U.S. Uh, there is definitely more opportunities uh, the quality of life here is definitely better than in Brazil. It's safer. But for me, uh, the family side of things uh, waited more. So I wanted to be close to family. And so I expect to uh, grad graduate from here, grab my degree, go back to Brazil. And as a finance major, I really look, uh, I'm really looking to uh, either work for a big company in the financial um, part of it, of the, mm -hmm. of the business, or either go to... Uh, more financial, fin uh, like investment bankings and, and that kind of, yeah, financial. Sure. Yeah. So are you going to, so you're done in December. Will you come back in May and walk across the stage and, or, or no, you, you're done? Yeah, I'm done. I was supposed to walk on past May. Okay. But I didn't because um, my best friend that uh, also went here, he got married and I was the best man. So I had to go back to Brazil, but I was supposed to walk in like past May. Yeah. Okay, so you're done. Uh, yeah, I'm done. As we've already heard that both these students are from Brazil, and is is it true that one of them is from your hometown, Dan? I don't know. Sao Paulo is not my hometown, but that's where I lived most of my life uh, growing up. So okay. Sao Paulo, Brazil. And is and are I'm one, from, yeah, I'm from Sao Paulo. Did you guys go to the same high school? No. Sao Paulo is pretty big, but we actually live. Pretty close to each other, right? That's true. I was in Marajoara or Interlagos area. or That's south of Sao Paulo, right? Yeah. I live in the south as well. Okay. It's a big city. Big city. <laughs> so you're, you're both from Brazil. Um, I'm interested. How did you learn of Cedarville? You transferred in. You came in straight from uh, Brazil. Lisa, how did you find Cedarville University? It was kind of interesting. Um, I actually looked up on Google Best Christian Colleges in America. Really? Yes, from multiple sources. And then I just kind of lined up the ones that were consistently at the top. Cedarville was there. And yeah, that's how I found Cedarville. Uh, the Lord put a few people in my path to just kind of bring it up. And I was like, hmm, interesting. This small university in the middle of Ohio keeps coming, coming up. up. So um, did you come for a visit? Or did, when you came to Cedarville, was it the first time? You're like, you're here as a student. Yeah, it was the first time. I never came to Cedarville, never toured or anything. Um, Cedarville does a good job at putting um, a whole bunch of videos online. So I definitely toured the university a few times online. Um, but that was about it. Okay. How about you, Victor? Yeah, so my story is a bit different. Uh, so I, as I said, I transferred here. And I went to this uh, uh, school in, uh, in Alabama called Talladega College. Okay. And it was a crazy experience. Not very good. And then I had there the opportunity to play soccer, and it was, it was, it was God. There, there's no other explanation. Uh, we had like 80 people on the roster, and then I ended up playing uh, 
being the best player and that allowed me to like uh, make a video of myself playing soccer and send to universities. And by that time, I wasn't looking specifically for Christian schools. I just wanted to transfer from there. And then out of nowhere, uh, I wasn't receiving any uh, good scholarships or offers from schools. And for some reason, Coach Ferro, which is our coach here, mm-hmm. he found me. Somehow he found me and he, t- he told me about the school. He told me about the program, what they're looking for. And as soon as I searched it and, and got more into it, as Elisa said, you guys do a really good job putting stuff on the internet. And then I looked, I looked into it and I fell in love with the school. Uh, I felt that playing soccer and being in the Christian environment would be uh, the best uh, opportunity for me. And here I am now. So what was the what was the first thing that caught your eye when you looked at the videos and you learned about Cedarville? What was the first thing that caught your eye that like said, I could go to school there? I think uh the passion for God and also the passion to uh you know, grow as a as person and and, and as like I look more uh, to be honest to uh, into the soccer program and everything that I did uh there, like their desire to go into the national tournament mm-hmm. of NCAA and everything, and then I went to the academics, the all the everything that they do here, and yeah, that makes me that made me come here. Yeah. Okay. So when you came as as a student from Brazil, obviously you transferred in. So you were in the states at least a year. Yep. Um, what was it like for you to transition from the Brazilian culture to the American culture? It was it was tough in the beginning. Why, why? What made it difficult? Uh, I think at first the language. Uh, my English was very, very bad at the beginning. I didn't speak a lot of uh, English. You, it, just told, you just spoke Portuguese. That's all you yeah, spoke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In Brazil, we don't speak English. So in order like, to learn, you have to go to schools and everything. And it's very expensive in Brazil. So it's not yeah. very um, easy to do that. So I came here. Uh, my English wasn't very good. And besides of that, uh, the weather, the food, uh, everything, the way uh, people... Uh, sometimes treat each other. Um, everything is different. Uh, I, I'm used to say that Americans are more uh, like colder. Like they don't hug much. They're not like kissers like uh, we are in Brazil. Uh, that was that was a big, big one for me for sure. How about you, Elisa? That is that is very true. Um, I think I had a, a little bit more of a smooth transition just in the fact that I got to come to the U.S. a few times before okay. I actually came to Cedarville University. But overall, um, I guess the weather is a big thing for me. You know, Brazil, it's summer all year round, um, which is wonderful. And then here, just, you know, having the cold temperatures, you do have to adapt and your body's not really ready. So I do find myself getting sick very often, but um, it's been worth it so far. Um, other than that, also just uh, learning how to make friends, it's different here in the U.S. as it would be with any other culture. So just learning how to pick up on those things and um, adapting quickly. Uh, I'd say I was very surprised at how big the international student body is. Um, I didn't expect to have that many international students at a university that is so um, isolated per se. But other than that, I found people to be very friendly and I think the Lord just really put people in my path to kind of um, make the whole experience um, a good a good experience. So, uh, have you grown to enjoy the four seasons? I mean, I understand the cold, and that's that can be tough. But the falls with the beautiful colors of the leaves, you don't have that in Brazil, right? Absolutely, I have definitely uh, grown to enjoy just um, the orange, 
scenery and the sights and you know we always kind of take a picture post it on instagram and then we have all of these friends reply look at that like i've yeah. never seen that yeah. or you know just having your first snowball fight so um there are pros and cons to everything in life I, I, there are and i i understand the again the idea of it's nice to be in warmer climate year-round but uh, that's not ohio uh so <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll adapt but uh as i move toward the end of the program I'm going to ask you guys a question that might be a little uncomfortable for your professor. Um, in what ways has Cedarville University and perhaps Dr. Sturkenberg prepared you for a career in finance and accounting? All the professors here, they uh, do a really good job um, caring about you. Not only uh, they don't only lo uh, go to class, teach the, what they have to teach and, and leave. They are really concerned about you as a person, uh, as a Christian and as a student. So, I had multiple professors that in moments saw that I was, uh, wasn't doing good in classes and they came up, came up to me, offer help, uh, uh, and they did literally everything they, they could to help me, to make me succeed, uh, succeed in their class. So I think like this relationship that the professors and the university has uh, with you is just something different and that I appreciate a lot. Yeah, I guess I agree with that, just in terms of caring you about you as a person, um, but also giving you a reality check every once in a while about how things work in the real world. Mm -hmm. um, I see oftentimes that they don't talk just about the content of the class. They, they're constantly talking about how things work outside of the class, and they're curious. They ask you, how is it going, your job search, how was your internship they bring students that had internships to talk in class and we have Q's and A's with them. And that's just, just kind of keeps our mind on track with why we're here and where we're going. Yeah. yeah. How about you, uh, Dr. Sturkenberg? How have you tried to model the Christian business, business ethics and life standards to these students and other students? You might have to ask them, but... I think one of the things that I try the best is to be very transparent with my students about the struggles I've had. Elisa's not had me for class, but Victor has. Okay. And, and so uh, when I'm in front of them, I'm in front of them very transparently about my failures or my successes in business or spiritually, mm -hmm. uh, talking about that. I open every class with some verse of, a, of the Bible that I give a short, very short devotional, but then often it's an application from what I have seen in my life, mm -hmm. either in the business world or even perhaps more recently. And I think that's how I bring that about with the students, try to bring that transparency and reality of, of real life living. Okay. I just have time for a couple more questions, and I'm going to stay with you, uh, Dan. Um, a, few, a few days ago, before... Before this program was recorded, uh, you had the opportunity to visit with an alumnus from Brazil. Um, in fact, he was one of your former high school students, I believe, uh, that being Michael Davis. Michael was the lead producer of the Christian movie Paul's Promise that is played in the United States in theaters. Um, how special was it for you, Dan, to see Michael, specifically Michael, and then portray it to other students and alumni you know, to see them succeed, whether that's personally, uh, business-wise, mm -hmm. spiritually. How meaningful was your time with Michael? Oh, it was super meaningful. For one thing, I hadn't seen him in a while, so that was really special. We spent like five hours at the restaurant, it seems like, maybe it was four, four and a half. 
but uh, talking about everything, catching up on how things had had transpired in his life. Uh, you know, I asked him a lot about the film industry. But I tell you, our joy as teachers really is seeing our pupils uh, succeed and go on and, and right. watching them grow, uh, both academically in the sense of careers, but uh, to see them spiritually grow. Uh, we sometimes live vicariously through them in, mm-hmm. that, in that sense. So we see something on LinkedIn, I just got a promotion to this, and then you quick chat them and say, congratulations, this is the greatest thing. Uh, so it's a lot of fun to see yeah. them. And to be honest, it's not much of us as professors, but we, we kind of feel like we have some ownership of, of their success. But Well, you do, because you've invested <laughs> your life in them. Well, that's true. But it, it's really a lot of their effort, their good sure. upbringing. Uh, there's God who is helping them through these processes. But anyway, it is a joy to do that. that that's what keeps me teaching at Cedarville University. Okay. And, and that's what you do, and, and the students can, can verify, but you and Lynn regularly spend a lot of time outside the classroom with your students whether it's your Brazilian students or other students, I believe that's to be the case. How meaningful is that to you guys? And I'm going to start with Eliza first because she's the youngest one here in the room. How meaningful is it to be able to spend quality time with your professor and his wife outside of the classroom structure? Yeah, it definitely has an impact because you get to see professors um, – Lives and just um, them as a whole, as people, um, how what they preach kind of reflect on their mm-hmm. actions and just just learning from them, or, but also feeling welcomed in the country mm-hmm. and knowing that you just have all of these relationships to rely on. Yeah. So, Victor, what's your favorite memory outside the classroom with Dr. Sturkenberg and his wife, Lynn? Oh, that's easy, for sure. Uh, not only one good memory, but... Uh, I want to bring up the all the feijoadas yeah. and yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sirk once once a year he brings all the Brazilians together and he cook for us. He bakes this uh, Brazilian uh, barbecue, and him and his wife they they just do everything with a lot of love and joy, and it's always great. Uh, yeah, that that's definitely the best uh, memories that I have with Sirk. As we close the program, Dan. Um, how meaningful is it for you, to, you and Lynn, to spend time outside the classroom with, with your students? Well, in particular, Brazilians brings us back. So uh, it, it's hard when you grow up in Brazil, your heart is really in many ways still semi-Brazilian, right? You're still loving the Brazilian people, loving the culture. And so for me, it's always sort of a, a great matando saudades or a reminiscing, uh, uh, just a, a joy to do that. Of course, other students, because there are a lot of Brazilian wannabes that come to these shuhaskus. <laughs> they come along as friends of, of, sure. of, of the young people. And anyway, so yeah, it's just great. How long did you live in Brazil? I lived there from age two to age 16. And then we went back as short-term missionaries for three years. And where were you born? I was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. So that, that brings your life full circle with... Um, everything we talked about from your college days to ministry days in Brazil and now back here at Cedarville. Absolutely. So so thankful for how God has worked in my life and given me all these great opportunities. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure for me to have known you. We we both came to Cedarville the same year, 2010. Yes. And uh, we go to the same church. Uh, And so it's a, it's a pleasure for me to know you and call you my friend and, uh, I want to thank you for investing in the lives of students, these two specifically today. 
but uh, I know countless other ones. And thanks for doing a great job uh, on behalf of uh, the faculty. And for you guys, thanks for joining me this week on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.